1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome one and all to the SB Nation NFL show. Today is Monday following Sunday's Week 4 action across the National Football League. We're going to get into all of it, but before we do, a quick reminder that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNFL. NFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can watch the ESPN NFL Show live on the ESPN NFL Twitter page, Facebook page. You can also, listen to our podcast. Search for the ESPN NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review, and you can hang out with us all throughout the week as we discuss our favorite sport in the world. My name is RJ Cho from ESPN blog and the boys' home of the three and one. Dallas Cowboys joining me here whose team is also three and one we have by the way the fantastic Rachel Prevet on the ones and twos her uh maybe not her team but her team is four no in the Philadelphia Eagles but of the three and one Kansas City Chiefs from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride he has the best looking hair both sides of the Mississippi he is decked in orange and black ready for the end of the month that we just started the one and only Pete Tweeney. Pete welcome the espionation nfl show thank you for being so beautiful and wonderful and every single thing that you do
2: yeah thank you for the introduction what a sunday of football i mean i, I don't really know if we know anything about how this year is going to turn out still and uh, that's the that's the beauty of it and what i i gotta tell you rj is the nfc east through a quarter of the way
3: is the best nfc the beast best division football
2: so that <laughs> just goes like, to show who would have thought We don't know why Look do we even do shows in the summer it's just we don't know anything so it's good
1: Uh, Imagine not being three and one. I mean, like, I can't I can't imagine what that that life Mm -hmm. would be like. Uh, There's a lot of teams on on the wrong side of that line. We'll, We'll talk about them, obviously, as we get through here. But as we do every Monday version of the SB Nation NFL show, we venture into the SB Nation universe, Pete. And speaking of three and one from the now three and one Buffalo Bills of SB Nation's Buffalo Rumblings. You know him. You love him. He is our friend here at the SB Nation NFL show. It is Jay Spence, the king, to talk about Buffalo's 23-20 to 20 dub over the Baltimore Frogs. Oh, maybe perhaps. The king is joined us. Jay Spence, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a few
4: weeks since we last spoke. So how are you doing, and uh, what was the last thing that you ate? Man, uh, well, I'm I'm good after a, a nail-biter. I wasn't good during the game, but I'm good now. <laughs> and um, the, the last thing I ate, I actually had a, a fried chicken sandwich with egg on it in the airport oh wow
1: oh dude good,
4: good pretty cool all right well done
1: so um the baltimore ravens survive mm-hmm. excuse me the buffalo we bill survived baltimore ravens really bad at surviving um another huge blown lead for the ravens i will say um this is maybe the most impressive Buffalo win in a while Dude. to come back. You know, in this in this chaos, I mean, like th- this is a different kind of win than you know just blowing teams out left and right. I mean, early on, this was a crazy noon slate of games. By the way, there was all sorts of there was like three games in the afternoon. They all sucked, so it's hard to keep tabs on everything. But you look over and the Bills are down early, and you're just thinking, oh man, they're going to go out with a whimper after the Dolphins lost last week. What's going to happen? Are we going to kind of lower them in our power rankings? But Josh Allen digs in. Uh, Jameson Crowder I believe has the ankle issue now he's gone uh, indefinitely but this was this was
4: a very impressive Buffalo performance overall yeah it was it was everything first that you know all the growth that we've seen from Josh over the last couple of years you still kind of he hasn't had that Marquee comeback game, and you know, last year against the Bucks, we we kind of made a comeback, but we still fell short. And then, obviously, the playoffs, the 13 seconds, which I'm sure people love to ch- talk about, but you know, we still kind of fell short. So, um going up against a, a former MVP like this at their home, and to be able to come back from 20 to three at one point, it's it's a great one for Josh. And then also, it 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 shows. You know, it shows the growth of Sean McDermott, in my opinion, as well. So I'm I'm very overall pleased with, you know, what the coaching staff was able to put together and, you know, just just the fight in this team.
2: What do you think the problem was for those first 28 minutes before this offense finally kicked into gear?
4: To be honest with you, so I was at the game and, and, and really just watching it. it. It looks like guys were just like trying to play faster than what the game was in a way. And it's like, you know, they weren't mm-hmm. actually Catching the ball, you know, they they were running before they caught the ball several times. Right. Uh, Devin Singletary dropped a couple. Devin or uh, Dawson Knox dropped. So I think it comes down to one of those things where it's like, okay, let's just get our nerves out the way, calm down. We know it's a big game. We know, you know, it's obviously not Sunday night football, but we know most of the nation's watching. Okay, we get it, but but just. Breathe, just calm down. And, and I think once they did that, you know, you see the defense didn't give up anything in the second half. We shut them down. This is, the fir- this is the third game this season that we didn't allow any points in the second half of the game. So I think that's incredible when you talk about somebody like Lamar Jackson, yeah. um, who can really turn it on at any point from anywhere.
1: You look at Buffalo's next two games, you got the Steelers, and I think we're all still kind of at a weird place with them, not knowing what to expect. And then, you know, Kansas City, it'll be fun to hear you two chop it up, uh, certainly a couple of weeks from now. But Baltimore, they've got the Bengals on Sunday night. And so I know on our Friday show, and we were kind of forecasting these games, this was a big sort of pendulum swing, I think. for Not not that the Steelers are on the same plane as the Bengals, um, but whoever lost this game was going to fall to two and two and kind of be in this weird having to look in the mirror sort of place. And Buffalo's not there. I that's why I, I do think this was kind of snatching defeat from the jaw or victory from the jaws of defeat or whatever. And and I credit Josh Allen, Jordan Poyer, hello, kind of an important player. Big um you know, Big <laughs> like, and, oh, and that God. that's where like I, I think I love Josh Allen so much. And I I've, I've said that from you know, years at this point in time, not certainly to the degree to the degree that you have, but I do feel like when you have an amazing player like that, and Pete would know this with Mahomes, it overshadows other great yeah. players, and people kind of forget, like, hey, this dude is awesome too. And that was a big reason here. Like, I, I think I still think the Ravens are awesome, and Jordan Poyer helped lead a Bills defense that shut them down in the second half. here. Yeah.
4: So uh, first, shameless plug here, pay my guy Jordan Poyer, Buffalo, please. Like, let's keep this guy around. But <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I, I understand that he's getting older, and I understand that is one of those things where typically once you hit a certain age you know teams are like let's stay away from long-term contracts i'm not saying sign them to an eight-year deal but he's not he's clearly not slowing down he was an all pro last year he's on pace right now for 17 I know he won't get 17 but he's on pace for 17 interceptions this season and you know when you have a a secondary right now that's young because of injuries Trey White's not there Micah Hyde's not there so you're playing with Jaquan Johnson you're playing with a couple rookies out at the cornerback position and then Jordan Porter comes and does this like come on like give the guy his due and you know it's just from a fan perspective it's a little frustrating to, to finally have like these guys that play on this level. And then it's like, okay, uh, we'll, we'll think about it at the end of the season when he was an all pro last year. But to your point, he, he played a phenomenal game um, and the, the first point I want to bring up, though, is what you talked about with Josh and Patrick Mahomes and the other quarterbacks. I think I think you're right. Um, there's so many good quarterbacks at this point in the league and not just Buffalo, not just Kansas City. But, you know, there's there's probably seven or eight quarterbacks that I thoroughly enjoy watching every single week. And, you know, it gets to the point where it's difficult to keep up with everybody. But, man, the, the NFL knows what they're doing Um and these guys are are practicing a lot of things at a younger age that makes them more developed, which is leading to better football. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm I'm nervous about Pete's guy. I'm nervous in a couple of weeks. I'm not nervous about Pittsburgh. That sounds bad, but I'm not. Sure. I think
2: that's the big thing right now. And and just to 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 talk to you about this, Jay Spence, you you're probably the only other person who could feel this. This week, I think Chiefs and Bills fans. Are going to be excited about Chiefs and mm-hmm. Bills, but then you have the Raiders and Pittsburgh, and I, I know we'll get to that game, RJ, with a new quarterback and who knows the juice you can get from a quarterback. Like the Chiefs shouldn't overlook the Raiders, and the Bills shouldn't overlook Absolutely. the the Steelers. As before, we get to that game, I I want to go back to that stat that we were talking about, and you know we we're just making fun of the fact that we overlook other players when the quarterback is so good. But Josh Allen. Had been 0-7 in his career when trailing by 17 or more points. I just and and you talked about it a little bit already, but I I just want to d- dive deeper back into it. How important was this win for him, confidence-wise? Because he's considered among the elites, and I feel like if you're gonna be one of these elite elite guys, you got to be able to come back from deficit. So how important do
4: you think was this for his confidence in that realm? Yeah. For his psyche, I think, it, I think it was huge, you know, because like I mentioned, the, the game against um, the Bucks last season, the game against the Chiefs, and then you mentioned 0-7. So what happens is now, you know, in Buffalo, there was a narrative. And also, I'm guessing around the, the national media as well, there's a narrative that, hey, yeah. Josh Allen loses close games. The Buffalo Bills have lost their last several close games. And unless they blow somebody out, they can't win. That matters. That absolutely right. matters when uh, you want to be considered as an MVP candidate or when you want to be considered as a top three quarterback in this league. So now what this did was going against somebody like Lamar Jackson. Again, we've seen Lamar Jackson put up big numbers. We've seen them. I know there are people who don't think that he's, you know, he's not the quarterback that Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes is fine. But guess what? He wins games and he figures out how to do it. So to win a game like that against him in Lamar's home, you know, or at Lamar's home, it's a it's a huge deal. And I think I think what this hopefully will do is you'll start to see another level of confidence from Josh Allen going forward. And hopefully, like you said, not to overlook Pittsburgh, but hopefully when we do um find our way out to Arrowhead, hopefully yeah. it's it shows.
1: Um Speaking of Pittsburgh, Jay Spence, I've never like I was closing my eyes when you were talking a little bit. You sound like Mike Tomlin. I've never really connected that until. I this hear, moment. Yeah. Have you ever been told a that lot, before? A lot. That's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say you need to um, you need to get but, some, so some on,
2: Steelers gear this week and do a video spoof for the, the great Kansas. That's what I'm saying. Like, You've got an opportunity. This I, week love, some, I love. I love. Great Simon. content. Um, yeah, I love.
1: him. <laughs> he's great. I. I saw uh, Peter King refer to the Steelers, by the way, this morning as the men of Tomlin. So that was um, a new one for me. But anyway, um, on the subject of that, so forecasting, the Chiefs game is is massive, obviously, right? Like, you know, we're we're all aware of that. But after that, I mean, a a lot has been made, Jay Spence, about the the Bills start to their season. Okay, you got the Rams defending Super Bowl champion, you know, vanquish them. I think a little bit too much was made about like, oh, you got to play the number one seed from the AFC last year. Like, we all know the Titans are kind of frauds. Um, But still, and then, oh, whoa, your week three game is this surprising Dolphins team in this, like, super hot environment whatever and now the Ravens and so okay I know you don't want to overestimate the Steelers or underestimate them um but but that's that's kind of a nice little you know preview or layup before the Chiefs came but after that I mean I I have to imagine that like from Halloween on you're feeling pretty good I mean you got the Packers on Sunday Night Football granted it's Aaron Rodgers but still not a great team the Jets the Vikings the Browns um I believe that's before Deshaun Watson returns I believe so I hate to factor that into this um and then the Lions the Patriots the Jets again I mean like it is. It is all the way downhill yeah. after the bye, I feel like, as far as intensity of the schedule, so to get through this has got to feel really. It does,
4: but then again, again, not to overlook Pittsburgh, but but that Kansas City game is the one that is like, okay, we have to we have to show up for this game because, like you mentioned, all right. of those games afterwards, it's almost it's almost expected that we win those games, even the green Bay game. I don't think green Bay is the team that we're used to seeing from green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I know he's Aaron Rodgers, but his connection with the receivers isn't there. The defense hasn't been, you know, they, they almost lost to the backup to the backup in new England yesterday. You know, that that's just not something that we're used to seeing from that team. So um, the Kansas city game, I think is huge for our mental, I think is it's huge for um, the fan base, you know, in general, but, but, for the rest of the season, I think you want to have that win along with the, the defending Super Bowl champion win and you know in the number one seed, you want that because we're not gonna have that game again headed before the playoffs. You know, those games aren't gonna be there. So no, I think this is an absolute must-win for both teams. Um, maybe Kansas City doesn't look at it that way because they've been there before, you know what But but Kansas City is our Detroit Pistons. You know, we're for if we're gonna call ourselves the Bulls or you know, Kansas City is our Detroit Pistons, we have to beat them. And until we do. They, they're the guys that, you know, they're the team.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I think you're right. And I think in, in a game like last year, we, we don't need to talk about how many seconds they were and, and whatnot. Yeah. I, I feel like you can only truly get over that until you go and beat that team. And so I, I know that the Bills are looking at, at week six as a playoff game. I think the Chiefs should be looking at it as a playoff game. I, I know it feels like a little slightly more important for the Bills just because they haven't been able to get over that Kansas City hump. But what I'd say, and I think a lot of people would agree right now, is these look like the two best teams in the AFC, just considering you've got these other teams. Everyone has one loss. There's only one undefeated team in the league, and it's in the NFC. So I guess I'll close my last question with this. RJ. I don't know if you have another one, but what do you need to see next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers to give you confidence that the Bills can come into Kansas City and take care of business?
4: To be honest, in in all my friends and loved ones in Pittsburgh, this is not a a slight, but my my expectation is that the Buffalo Bills come in and embarrass this team. Like I need to see you go into Pittsburgh or go back home and have Pittsburgh come into Western New York and you dominate. I don't, I mean, from the very first snap to the end of the game, I don't want to, we've started off slow in the first half for a bunch of our games. Uh, Actually, I feel like every game we've started off slow. We scored on the first drive, but it's, it just hasn't been like we've, gone and either tied or very close into the half i want to i want to dominate from the beginning to the end i want josh allen to sit the fourth quarter like he did against tennessee this is what i need to see and i mean i know that probably sounds you know but when you look at when you look at the two teams right now when you look at the pittsburgh steelers especially with the possibility of of Pickett starting now um you know going against a rookie quarterback who is good i think he's going to be good but going against a rookie quarterback making his first potential start yeah this, this defense needs to needs to confuse him and josh allen needs to go out there and show that he's josh allen you know so on both sides of the ball i just think we need to dominate completely and if if we don't see domination i get it it's it's still an nfl professional team but no I, to go confidently into that next week's game against the kansas city chiefs i need the buffalo bills to be riding high not to uh pick at an old wound but it i would love to see um was it nathan peterman
1: against yeah. the chargers for the bills that was like six turnovers or whatever like in the first half like something like that you yeah. know what i mean like everyone like i don't know what the line's gonna be uh, or, or rj is a big out, but, like, uh,
2: picket hater as it turns, yeah. i didn't know
1: that about i him. mean it's it's got to be like <laughs> massive like it's a 14 like, just, point just 14 points yeah mm. that's amazing like break break mm-hmm. their will destroy the steelers forever <laughs> oh, um whatever happens with the bills wow. um this, is just, this week i don't know and, uh, the steelers the it. i feel like they're their
2: new or something. check
1: out buffalo they beat the cowboys in two super bowls so oh, I, yeah, I harbor I so. that uh, that hatred forever uh jay spence <laughs> the king on twitter uh check out buffalo rumblings uh, dot com for all the latest in the world of the bills and bills mafia jay spence thank you so much for joining us um i hope you destroy the steelers and the chiefs i hope your next two years thank one. you sir
4: pete I look forward to speaking with you man we'll have to do a space or something coming up soon here
2: i i feel good about that yeah let's let's connect
4: let's get it thank you thanks jay spence uh pete 20 um what was the last thing
1: you ate jay spence had a that sounded delicious by the way a fried chicken and egg sandwich in the airport was the last uh piece of food you put into your your body you had the sunday night game which is always a a a bit of a gauntlet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know it just you've you've sometimes got to go the fast food route is that what you did
2: so i got out of the the local NBC station. I think it was like midnight, 1215. Shouldn't have did it. You know, I'm trying to not gain my usual NFL season 10, but I I went over to the insomnia Mm -hmm. cookies and got myself a, a a pack of cookies, you know, threw them down and then, uh, went to sleep for a couple hours and and woke right back up and went back to the TV station. So I'm not the epitome of, of health at the moment. RJ, I mean, I'll I'll tell you that
1: Mm, that's, um, I feel you i uh i don't know if you saw this um i, I made a vow yeah. um to eat half of a cheesecake okay. during our post game show blog on the boys had the cowboys right. won and they did it's, it's been a costly 24 hours you, i'll just say that fe- i um, feel like
2: you're you're but, in okay shape for eating half a cake did you complete the cake
1: i ate half of it yeah um it had a strawberry glaze Ooh. on top okay. so it was, um, it was this i'm still kind of a novice at the cheesecake game i actually wish it hadn't like that made it a little yeah. bit like i was i was speaking i was doing the post game show while eating yeah. was the whole bit um so it made it very like why like, what did you what, what made, made you decide difficult? cheesecake um, i
2: feel like for the cowboys you know it should have been like a pound of barbecue it's
1: a bit of a running bit um you know what i mean so uh, we don't have time for that we we got to get to a lot of games here pete so have, um, okay shout lot, out to Jay a lot Spence. of questions
2: for you off air after this thing.
1: well maybe yeah yeah well we'll text yeah, we'll sure. figure it out um so, all right, Pete, spin the wheel and tell us where we're going to next, and then, uh, and then we'll dance. So, ready? How about the
2: overtime game between the the Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots?
1: That was said with so little energy. The Green Bay Packers defeated and outlasted Bailey Zappi, um, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Wow the final score at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers spoke about this after the game Pete, and said that this type of winning is not sustainable. And I agree with him entirely. Uh, The Packers are headed to London this coming week to play at the home of your Tottenham Hotspur um, against the New York Giants. A matchup of three and one teams, but they got there with this win over the Patriots. Rodgers finished 21 of 35, 251 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick six to a rookie. So um, your thoughts on the Packers of Green Bay or the Patriots of New England?
2: Well, Rodgers is right, not that I agree with everything he says right, nowadays, but they had 443 net yards in this game and what's weird is if you really watch some of the highlights and you would you dig into it, they just like didn't look good. I understand that the numbers looked all right, but they just did not look like a team that will go deep into the playoffs and this is a team that has made the playoffs and been disappointed now 2 years running. And I think he's right. And I'll even take it a step further. I, I I I sort of feel like it's his very public indirect plea for the Packers to sign Odell Beckham Jr. I think he really wants that to happen. It makes the most sense. I firmly believe, and you'll maybe roll your eyes at this. I don't care if you roll your eyes, RJ. I think Odell going to LA instead of Kansas City swung the champion of last year. I think if Odell was in Kansas City, the Chiefs won the title. I think because he was in LA, they won the title. And he's that good of a player. And look, we haven't really seen him and his recovery. We know he's recovering. We know that the timetable is, what, end of October, early November. But this getting Odell in Green Bay and assuming that he, he does look the same as he did at the end of last year would change the game. Because the offense is, it does feel like one elitish receiver, you know, Devante Adams-like receiver away uh, from being someone who can make a lot of noise in the NFC and i i think that was my takeaway from this game like they almost lost to the bailey zappi right like who even is that who 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 is that right like how how does that how did you almost lose when you have aaron rodgers
1: i see. I saw he is um, the first rookie quarterback or was the first rookie quarterback to complete a touchdown pass this mm-hmm. season. Um, and this, this is the latest that a rookie quarter, it, it, like this is the longest it's taken a rookie quarterback to, to throw a touchdown in like, since like 2000 or something. Um, you know, it's, it's been a hectic day obviously, but, um, that's wild. I mean, I, I'll say this, like, I, I actually agree with most of what you said that Odell swing thing, whatever, but, um, like I agree with Aaron and I agree with your agreement on him that like it's hard to find things to agree with him on. Um, yeah, like you can't win this way. That's like my take about the Cowboys right now. Like you, yeah, sure, elite defense and holding teams and whatever, lackluster offense is is kind of, you know, not sustainable. Like everybody knows that. But if you're winning, at least you're kind of figuring things out as we go along. And maybe you argue like, well, this is this is still kind of their preseason, right? Like they didn't, you know, they don't play in the preseason. They well, need a month to kind of get together. Or or at the, that point, though, right? The the, the good teams like good teams win and
2: they're just happy with the win. Great teams win and they may be unhappy with the win because they know they can't win this way in the postseason when you're pay facing the best teams every week. And I I think that's a case here with with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Right. And my bigger takeaway like my biggest takeaway is Aaron just stop like stop with like you mentioned rolling eyes stop rolling your eyes stop just like speaking dismissively about your rookie receivers and mistakes and like I like this is such we talk about bad energy bad vibes all the time like he is the king of like everyone else is the problem like poor me like how like how dare the Green Bay Packers who didn't know what I was going to do for two whole years not do everything in their like full and absolute power to make my life as comfortable as possible. So, like, my my point, I guess, is, like, some of this is on him. I mean, I, I just can't, you know, see how, like, Aaron is this huge victim here. I know you're not saying that. Um, it's just a, a weird, clunky, awkward situation. Um, I saw Justice Mosqueda, <laughs> who obviously yeah. covers uh, the Packers' tracking packing company around here, um, noted that teams who have scored 75 points or fewer The through the first four games of the season in the last decade, um, of those teams, nine of 72 uh made the playoffs. So, 72 teams have scored 75 points or fewer to the first four weeks of the season. Nine of them have gone on to make the playoffs. Three of them had three of those nine actually won a playoff game. Um, and I can tell you about one of them because it was the 2018 Dallas Cowboys who were one of those three, and their offense was so broken, so lackluster that they had to trade for Amari Cooper and that had to save them. So, to your point, like yeah, this needs some sort of infusion, but this is the bed that the Packers. Yeah, make.
2: and I don't know. I don't love Rogers' general attitude, and it just—it seems like he hates his employer, and <laughs> he just <laughs> hates going to work and hates the people he's working with. And man, I'll tell you, I, that stuff matters. I, I, it really does, especially again in the postseason when you're playing good teams every single week, and it and it's conversations that should be happening behind closed doors that he brings to the public and that isn't sustainable. And just to, to, to double up on, on the point about Rogers and, and caring about the team and how, how he wants to spread blame elsewhere. This is a team that could be undefeated. You didn't really take the off seriously. Again, you barely played in the preseason and you got smacked in week one. I mean, you'd have such a leg up on the rest of the NFC. If you had just been prepared against the Minnesota Vikings, who have been up and down in that week, one game and, Look, it's not like you're. That's my point. Is like it's not like you're doing everything in your power to make sure that this team is a contender. And it just that annoys. Right, annoys me when you when you act like that after a game. Um,
1: Quickly on the Patriots side of this, like this is spiraling a little bit out of control. You know what I mean? Like this is. It this is bad. I mean, like some of it is like, hey, your starting quarterback's start your second quarterback gets hurt. Shout out to Bailey Zappi who played well, whatever. Yeah, but
2: no, but, no I mean, offense, this is, a, is like Mac Jones that much of a world beater that I mean it of course he's better than Brian Hoyer, but is it like so vast right. of a difference? No, he's not. It
1: it shouldn't, but they're they're in a bad mm-hmm. place. And next up for them for the uh, Patriots that is. is Are the detroit lions who are scoring a million points a game they're not winning all those games but they're scoring a million points a game that's just this is this is one of the worst patriots teams that like ever live in our adult even overall lives right like this this team is really 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 bad i agree it's the worst bill belichick
2: team in in a long time and you don't really see a scenario in which they make the, the playoffs. I like I, you can't see this team at this point. I mean, it's early and man, things change. We were on here and we can get to the Cowboys game next if you want. But we were on here and so the Cowboys season was over. But it's just hard to it's right. hard to see a scenario in which New England turns it around.
1: Well, before we get to the Cowboys, let's go to the three one three. Of course, you know what that is. Yeah, you see not everybody knows. I have made that joke a lot. Yeah. Not everybody gets it. Um, I want to read you the opening line of Jeremy Reisman, who covers the Lions for us at of Detroit, of his postgame recap. This is it. All right, here we go. Um, by the way, the Lions lost to the Seahawks 48 to 45. Here we go. If you were hoping the Seattle Seahawks, a team averaging just over 17 points a game, would be a nice bounce back game for the Detroit Lions offense. I come with terrible news. Uh, this was, um, I said, Pete on on Friday's show here at the ESPN NFL show. Um, like we're so into narratives, right? And I said, okay, Lions, you want us to take it seriously. You want to be this real darling, this drill team that we can talk about as, a, as like a playoff contender, as a wild card. Hey, you're still in Aaron Rodgers' division. That's so hard to get over, blah, blah, blah. Then bounce back. Right. Bounce back from the tough loss against the Minnesota Vikings last week. Prove to us that you're legitimate. This Seahawks team, I don't think either of us really long-term believes in. I know there's the like stat floating around about Geno Smith compared to Russell Wilson to the first four weeks of the season. We both know this Seahawks team is bad. This is the same old Lions. You cannot tell us that you're different, that you've grown, that you've improved if you're going to come out and and you can't say fell flat cuz the offense was all over the place, but you can't lose. You can't like this is this you're you're a little brother franchise. If you lose this game, and that's who the Lions still are.
2: When you went into this game and you saw some signs by Detroit. If you had to guess the score of this, I think a lot of us would have agreed Man, it really feels like the Lions are going to win this, like thirty-one ten, something like that, where they'll be in control of the game. Right. The offense is going to look good. The Seattle Seahawks are in this transition mode year. Man, they almost scored hundred points total. total.
3: This was this a was <laughs> shootout. The
1: over/under was like fifty. The over/under was like fifty-one points, and well, again, the final score was forty-eight
2: to forty-five. How does anyone predict
1: anything that happens in the NFL?
2: Like I, it, this came out of nowhere. Like Shad Penny, one hundred fifty-one yards. Geno Smith who to me still has the, the line of the year when they wrote him off, but he didn't, he didn't write right. back and look, he has the C- Seattle Seahawks in a position where the year isn't over. And Detroit <laughs> is looking down the barrel of a one and three record. And you're like, man, is this just going to be the same type of deal? Like it, it's not the, it's not exactly the old lions where they're just getting dominated each week. And it's very clear that, it,
1: no, it's it's the older close, lines. This is like, the they the, just the, can't this figure is, it out. This, this, that's what I'm saying. This is the Stafford Megatron right. lines. You know what I mean? That like that you had fantasy shares of. They were cute and like had some big blow up right. crazy games, but like were not a real team. You mentioned they almost had 100 points. There were over a thousand total net yards in this game. Seattle with uh, a triple five and Detroit like NFL with 520. Blitz. It was it was wild. And I don't want to hear from Lions fans. Oh, well, Amandra St. Brown was out. DeAndre Swift was out. You have enough offensive pieces to make this work. From a rushing standpoint, Jamal Williams without DeAndre Swift, 19 carries, a bucket yards, two touchdowns on the ground, had a 51 yard run. Like how like how are you losing this game? And, And holy crap. Speaking of fantasy, shout out to RJ, who started TJ Hawkinson over DJ Moore in his lineup. Hawk, the Hawkeyes. This was the real hawk in this game. Screw the Seahawks. TJ Hawkinson had eight catches for 179 yards and two touchdowns. His longest reception of the day, Pete, was 81 yards. I want you. These are these were all the longest receptions. For these particular, we had, the Lions had four players with at least a 20-yard reception. All right, Hawkinson had the 81-yard reception. Tyler Lockett, not a Hawk, but had a 34-yard reception. DK Metcalf had a 54-yard reception. This was like, you know, just flying up and down this field. It was a lot of fun, obviously, but it's embarrassing that the Lions lost this game. It really, really is.
2: Don't hassle the Hawk. And and there was a lighthearted moment at the end of this game where Metcalf, who had seven receptions and 149 yards, he was carted off. Everyone was a little bit worried, and and it just turns out that he had to use the restroom. RJ, so good good on him for being healthy and and regular. And the Seahawks,
1: maybe some they, of those cookies. They're my no way they're
2: that. my team, right? They're my team of MFM, and right. uh, we are we are two and two now. So hashtag Go Hawks.
1: Um, including Hawkinson, seriously, that was such an awesome performance. Um, it was super obvious that was gonna happen. let's um let's show some love, Pete Sweeney. all right. now, speaking of uh, fantasy stuff, I executed the rare. Player for player on the same team Whoa. trade in my league of record Congrats. last week. I went, I, I swapped out Garrett Wilson for mm-hmm. Brees Hall. Brees Hall had a touchdown. Looks like it is his backfield. Seventeen carries for sixty-six yards in the score. Meanwhile, Zach Wilson, fifty uh, percent completion percentage, eighteen to thirty-six for two hundred fifty-two yards. A touchdown, two interceptions. He caught a touchdown as gritty. well as the New York Jets got the dub over the Pittsburgh Steelers twenty-four. 24- to twenty, you mentioned it, or rather, Jay Spence mentioned it. Mitchell Trubisky was benched in this game for Kenny Pickett. That's kind of the big takeaway. Even though this was Zach Wilson's return, um, again, I, you know, you talk about like little brother franchises or little brother moments, like Steelers. You had to come out and win this game. I don't care that that you're limited or whatever. You want to be real. Like I am more sure than ever that Mike Tomlin's going to have a losing record below 500 for the first time ever. The storyline in this game is
2: is for Robert Sala to feel comfortable. The Jets had to show some kind of life. And this year, and I I think this is a game I feel like in recent memory, the New York Jets would lose, right? The backup quarterback comes in and it is benching the starter. And that guy ends up propelling whatever team it is to win the football game. And you're seeing, okay, maybe Zach Wilson is the guy. We've been waiting for these type of moments where you like really feel that the Jets made the right selection and that he can lead a franchise. And I think in the performance, right, the passing wasn't great, but I, I think there was at least that first moment of the receiving touchdown, the first uh, quarterback in Jets history to down, by the way. And now you're you're comfortable and looking forward to it. We congrats on the, the fantasy trade that no one cares about with Brees Hall uh, getting on your team. And But I think the biggest storyline of this, right, is we... Had heard Mitch Trubisky was rebuilt. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky turned into Mitch Trubisky for a year and behind the scenes working with Brian Table. He was going to come back, be Trubisky 2.0. The Steelers have realized that it's not going to be the case. And Mike Tomlin made to me the shrewd move and saying, okay, we need some kind of life here. And they put Kenny Pickett in. They need to come out this week and Mike Tomlin is, knows football way better than both of us, obviously, and he's going to make the call that he wants. But in my opinion, what he should do is come out and say, no, Pickett's the guy. Move forward. I, we know what Rich Trubisky is, which is a Chase Daniel career backup. And it was a mistake by the Bears. It is what it is. He's not terrible. He's not bad for a few stop, um, you know, spot start games to keep your season afloat like the Cowboys are going through right now. But he's a backup. So find out, like the Jets did with Wilson, if Pickett is your guy moving forward, and he did, I mean, he, he had three interceptions, but he did inject a little bit of life into the Steelers. He made it a a game where it wasn't a game before he entered it. And I'm I'm curious as to after this guy gets a few games under his belt, will he feel a lot more comfortable? Will he look a lot lot better? And and you know, Jay Spence was right before he he departed from the show. Uh, the Bills is quite the test, but it doesn't matter. Like you might go into that Buffalo game and be like, okay, this is too big of a game for Pickett. No, nah, man. I mean, he's going to have to play these games eventually, right, if you, if you, you think he's the guy. So th- so throw him in the fire.
1: Um, you mentioned that Zach Wilson was the first quarterback in Jets history to catch a touchdown. Um, I, don't, I haven't seen anything on this, but I have to figure that Kenny Pickett might be one of the first players in NFL history to have every single pass in his debut game um, with, like, some sort of minimum, he threw 13 passes, be caught. He was 10 of 13 um, with three interceptions. So, like, every pass he threw was caught by somebody. Um, in this game, you know. Well, fun fact. Um, I think the Steelers, Pete. Just you know, to wrap up on them. So everybody always connects them to the Giants, like the Rooney Mara stuff, right? Whatever. Um, the Giants, I think, broke through the the sort of phase that the Steelers haven't yet. They, they the Giants reached rock bottom and said, "We have to stop. We yeah. have to stop this kind of like chasing meaningless yeah. stuff." You know what I mean? And, and the Steelers just you like you've got to do it, man. You've got to you gotta wave the white flag. You have to surrender. I know it's not like the men of Tomlin Way or whatever, and I know TJ Watt is out and things like that. This season has to be about evolving, learning, growing, developing. It's gotta be you've gotta devote all attention this year to Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, who looks great, had a hundred yard game, Najee Harris. I mean, like, and getting this defense sound so that next year you're ready and you're well, you're ready to rock. Like you're you're, you're not at that at place least, right now. And
2: at least you'll know, right? And like the San Francisco 49ers went through this a little bit with, with Trey Lance where you didn't really know because you didn't play him. Right. So look, you're probably not making the postseason this year. It's probably going to be the first year in like what 20 that Mike Tomlin is under 500, which is still very impressive. I mean, this is, this is what happens when you have to go through a quarterback transition, but find out who Kenny Pickett is, put him in this Buffalo bills game and see if he can manage to make it a game. See if maybe he can pull off a win. We've seen some weirder things that have happened this year uh, in the NFL. And so, I think it's exciting in Pittsburgh. I think they've found out who Mitch Trubisky is. I am eager to hear if they will move forward and push him as picket as the starter. I tend to think they will. And the Jets to me are, are, are a team that is keeping that solid p- regime afloat in a sense. And we'll see how right. they can build upon it as well.
1: This was to me their first like real win I, and i know like you can kind of poke holes in the jets a little bit this year like you beat the browns in this game that was like impossible to win that you you were like the one of one thousand teams that happened to you know sort of win that game and then you were fortunate that the steelers changed like, I, I don't know like the success rate of, of teams who change quarterbacks mid-game but it can't well, be great um obviously. so but but still like robert sala had, like he had the silly like we're keeping receipts argument whatever or, or line and like he, you're right i, I thought he was a sneaky kid to be like one of the first head coaches yeah. this year. But he's he's keeping the ship afloat and neck. And this is a, a stretch,
2: right? So you got the Dolphins. And we'll see if two of plays. I tend to think he won't. So that'll be Bridgewater. But Bridgewater looked pretty good to me. And then you get the Packers, the Broncos, New England, who has had your number forever. And then the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. That stretch will really tell you. If you can get out of that stretch and enter your bye week, uh, it would be three and two. So three and two is five and four. Then all of a sudden, the second half of the year is, is interesting. I tend to think they won't, I feel like two and three or one and four seems more reasonable to me at the New York Jets, but man, hey,
5: prove me wrong. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
1: Let's um try to fly through these games. We always do this. We go long. Uh, the um, I need a London accent what? or an English London accent. accent. The Minnesota what Vikings. What are you talking about here? uh the cast of ted lasso was in attendance see the minnesota yeah. vikings emerge victorious over the new orleans saints uh a late cover by the vikings depending on where you look but most places had them two and a half three-point favorites 20 to 25 the final score minnesota gets to three and one a different type of accent meanwhile the new orleans saints fall to one and three the saints who already traded away their first round pick and next year's nfl draft Kirk Cousins, uh, a modest 25 of 38, 273 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Justin Jefferson got back. This was kind of the get-right game. It took a little bit. Ten catches, um, a buck 47. Just an impressive performance in, in a lot of different ways. He did have a rushing touchdown. That's how it was technically categorized. Meanwhile, Andy Dalton, in his start for the Saints, Pete, 20 of 28, 236 yards, and a touchdown. The Saints just don't have enough. Like, it, it's so clear and obvious that they, they, they're just they're they're in a different league they're in a different game with people it was the debut of their black helmets which looked better than I thought they would uh but this this just I mean even like I believe in the Vikings and I have a lot of questions about them long term I'm still you know here you and I both picked them to, to win the NFC uh but the Saints side of this is really bad like they, they are in the bad place well, I don't know how reasonable it is to think they should win this football game when you don't have Thomas Kamara
2: and Winston going it's amazing that it was
1: do those factors really change much? Like like if, you, if you're screwed because you lost Jameis Winston, aren't you kind of already headed in the wrong direction? I think
2: in a way, but I, I just think it says, like is it a quality win for the Vikings that it, it took a double doink for them to win a game when, when a team didn't have its three best players? Like I don't know how much this says about the Saints. We already knew the Saints were in, in heading in the, in the wrong direction and, and it was going to be a tall task for them to win this game. The Vikings kind of had to escape again. And I know that they're three and one and I, I like the Vikings coming into the season. They were my pick to win the NFC, but you look at all these.
1: Yeah. I literally said those words a you, minute. You ago, look at right? all
2: these, you look at all these games uh, that they've won. I, I understand that they beat the Packers 23 to seven week one, but these last two wins, they kind of had to, to sneak out with the victory. They, they almost, you know, ended up losing these games. They definitely, definitely should have won if they are the Super Bowl contender that we think they are good to see Justin Jefferson get back to being Justin Jefferson Mm-hmm. this is like in covering Kansas city. This is like when, the, and we I'll talk about this in a little bit, but this is like when Kansas city gets Travis Kelsey involved early. If you're the Minnesota Vikings, right. you got to get Justin Jefferson involved early. If you don't get him going, you're probably not going to win that week. Like lean into what is the best part of your, your offense. And I, it was good to see that they did this by the way, this morning game. I, I, I overlooked it. I, I was, uh, I was asleep and I I left. I left Kamara and Thomas in, in in a few leagues. So I got so I got I got goose. Yikes. Out. Yeah,
1: man. Uh, you for someone who considers himself like when I first met you, you were like, I'm I'm the fantasy guy. I'm the I'm the, you know, the, the betting guy whatever." This I mean, yeah. pretty embarrassing. You're not up at 830. I mean, you know, have a kid. I mean, w- we didn't ha- anyway. I didn't have
2: to work until early, later in the day because of the night games. I
1: slept down. That's in a true. Bit. So you tied one on yeah. on Saturday night. Yeah. That's what we're we're getting from here. um The Saints next week will host the Seahawks in the battle of the like would be fraud bowls or would be fraud bowl. Um, so we'll see about that. The Vikings, meanwhile, pete are three and one and have a home date with the Chicago Bears. Well, that that theme up. of what um, we were talking about earlier fits for the Vikings, where it's like, you know, you're winning. but Do you really feel good about these wins? <laughs> like you gotta you gotta put it together, dude. Who like I think look this is a bigger point, but like there's, there's the Eagles right now. And I would put the chiefs and bills, like as far as the like teams I really trust, but outside of that, like it's an open conversation and an open competition. And so if you're the Vikings and you can win while you're figuring all this out, they're going to get to four and one. And after that, the week before they're by, they visit the Miami dolphins. It feels gross to kind of like be like, well, is two going to play whatever? Like, obviously that's a, a much separate issue or a very separate issue, but like, it's not inconceivable, that they will be five and one at the bye. Like uh, the Vikings are are for and like if they can find themselves, like you said, like get Travis Kelsey involved early. If you can find that thing, which is is there, it was it's within grasp, then the Vikings are a team to watch out for. So um, so good for them. Uh, the Saints, though. Um, you know, tough times. Um, I mentioned we would get there. Let's go ahead and, and you know, let's just do it now. The Dallas Cowboys, three and one. America's team after um, you know, a comfortable 25 to 10 victory over the Washington Commanders. The Dallas Cowboys have never lost to the Washington Commanders. They've only ever beat them in the long history between these two franchises. Cooper Rush is the first, I don't know if you saw this, first quarterback in Dallas Cowboys franchise history to win all four of his first starts. Uh, The only other quarterbacks who had won their first three starts were Roger Staubach and Jason Garrett. Uh, But Cooper now stands alone I, I mean, them.
2: I think history has a way of repeating itself. I'm ready for the Jack <laughs> Prescott press conference when he comes back and he's going to get up there
1: and say, um,
2: look, he earned his right to be our starter. And
1: how do you get away from Cooper? You know, Rush? Look,
2: how do you do it? Honestly, we're, we're getting don't, to that don't, point. Okay. How anyway, do you do it?
1: Anyway. Uh, C.D. Lamb is starting to kind of find himself as the alpha in this offense. Six catches, 97 yards, a touchdown. This was Michael Gallup's first game since tearing his ACL in the penultimate game of last year's regular season. He had two catches, one of them uh, for a touchdown. By the way, Michael Gallup now on the season has as many catches as Kenny Galladay, has more yardage, and has a touchdown where Kenny Galladay does not. Uh, Kenny uh, But stinks. Carson Wentz I mean, on I mean, the... Let's just, let's just, just say, <laughs> say it. I mean, you, you can say it now. Right? He stinks. Um, Carson Wentz... Uh, Threw the ball 42 times, uh, 25 completions, 170 yards. He had the one touchdown at to Jahan Dotson, who does look very good and very promising, uh, but was picked off twice, once by Trayvon Diggs, who now has multiple interceptions or, Trayvon Dix has, has had he has streaks running against every NFC East rival. He has picked off each NFC East rival in multiple games consecutively, uh, which is just really impressive. But this Washington team is just really bad. This was the perfect opportunity for the Cowboys to continue to keep the ship afloat. I cannot believe they're 3-0 and without Dak Prescott. We'll see if Dak is back this week against the Rams. But Dallas is 3-1 and and very, very much alive in, in the overall picture of the NFL and NFC as a whole.
2: Yeah, the, the NFC East somehow has the best record in football when you put all the records together, which is unreal because we thought the the AFC West would be the best division and it really hasn't been and the NFC East was probably going to be among the worst again and it really hasn't been that either. Really quickly on your Dotson point, Dotson went a little bit later in the first round after Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jameson Mm -hmm. Williams hasn't taken the field yet and then he was the... They all all kind of look good though. Dotson looks like the best so far and to be doing that with Carson Wentz I think only enhances that point and then really the biggest story i think of this game is just the dallas cowboys continue to stay afloat a little bit different than the three and one that we're talking about where you're winning ugly you're just buying time to get your starter back i was joking by the way about the, the unless it goes undefeated which <laughs> you gotta really talk about it but anyway uh so when doc prescott got hurt we were talking about let's just have the cowboys somehow be around 500 and it is looking because of these wins that he's putting together They're going to be close to that. If not just one game under, like if he were to lose the rest, right, it would probably be about one game under. And that's doable to make the postseason. And when you have your quarterback that's injured for six weeks, you just want to make the postseason and see what happens. And the Cowboys are in excellent position to do that because of the play of Cooper Rush.
1: Their schedule, I mean, the Cowboys have, have already gotten through Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, like make of of those teams at that time, which it will. Um, they've got the Rams this coming week. I'm excited to see the Rams on Monday night. So you know they get the Rams on a short week for what it's worth. Um, they've got the Eagles the next week. That's the big one, right? Like is 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 Dak back for that. Sunday night football. It would it would be epic, obviously. And then after that, they've got the Lions, who you never know what team you're gonna get, obviously. And then they've got the Bears. So I I I think you know, conservatively, they're probably going to be somewhere around like five and three at worst at the buy. But then after the buy, I mean, they've got Green Bay, who's down Minnesota, who we just talked about. You, you kind of don't know what you're going to get. But from Thanksgiving on, P, I don't know if you're looking at the Cowboys schedule. Thanksgiving on. It is do good the time. The so they host the New York Giants, your Giants, um, then the fraud Indianapolis Colts, then the Texans, uh, then they're in Jacksonville. Right they do now. host the Eagles the- on on Christmas Eve. Then they're at Tennessee, and who yes. knows who's quarterback in them then then at Washington like you it know, is look th- this is this is a 10 11 it, win team and all like the,
2: the Cowboys Giants game look it looks like that's about 3 30 central time, I don't know as it I, is every
1: year. yes, thank you for letting us know the Cowboys play at
2: 3: 30 on at, Thanksgiving nah, nah, nobody you knew you that you
1: falling asleep during that game. there's nothing
2: that about it on the couch, Yep.
1: Yeah. um let's move on the uh, I mentioned them. I want to read you a tweet before like just to kind of let you know what they're okay. talking about. This is a tweet from Zach Kiefer, who does a great job covering this team for the Athletic. Uh, I'm just going to give it away. It's Indianapolis Colts. Colts running back Naheem Hines yesterday. This is Naheem Hines' quote, again, as tweeted out by Zach Kiefer. Not an excuse, but every year we have a new quarterback. So each year we have growing pains while we sit here, plus watch Tennessee, which has had Tannehill, what, my whole career? (laughs) And each year we're restarting and we have to turn the page. So that sucks a little bit, too, that most teams we play have an established guy. But that doesn't matter. We have figured it out, and we will figure it out. Matt Ryan, Pete, I was told was light years better than Carson Wentz. I was told that Carson Wentz fumbled the ball too much, which he does. Matt Ryan has nine fumbles through four games. For the Indianapolis Colts, who have been outgamed on the ground in all four of their games this season, despite having Jonathan Taylor touting him. He's going to repeat as the league's rushing champion. Taylor had 20 carries, 20, 20 carries on Sunday afternoon against the Tennessee Titans, yeah. had 42 yards. All right, 42 yards. Matt Ryan, 27 of 37, a, a, a hollow 356 yards and two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Derrick Henry had 22 carries, a buck 14, a touchdown. The Indianapolis Colts falling to one, two and one. The Titans look like the AFC South favorites yet again at two and two.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I think you may you maybe had been on to something about Indianapolis and That's right. If this experiment doesn't work, they're you know, they're they're gonna have to turn the page of this of this regime and and they
1: blame they blamed right. Carson. They did. Like it I mean Not that's Ryan, they, it, they
2: they they it, just it's, it's it's continuing to just it's like when you have a a leak in the basement, and you're like, "Well, we'll just put more tape on it eventually, that thing is going it's going to overflow and flood your basement unless you actually take care of the problem, which is a hole in your damn wall and I think you're right, and watching again, I didn't get deep into this game, but watching Matt Ryan against the Chiefs, I know the Colts pulled it out, so I, well, trust me, I know, but he doesn't look
1: Flip on he, the radar he doesn't look like Casey. a he' doesn't look like a
2: quarterback that can really handle any sort of pressure anymore I don't, I don't know why that was you know especially against Kansas City and when you don't have Jonathan Taylor cooking to sort of give that threat of okay the run game and you know maybe you can work some play action there Matt Ryan is going to be exposed because he's just
1: not the Matt Ryan old he's, he's not the MVP version of Matt Ryan and again that's what they told us they, do, you, do you remember what Reggie Wayne said in what? the offseason he said that Matt Ryan looked so much like Peyton Manning that it made him want to yeah. throw up like what? Like that is so stupid yeah. to me. Like it's just—it was so dumb to believe in all this. What's even more dumb is that Matt. Like I would actually kind of credit the Colts if Matt Ryan was their long-term plan or like their their plan
0: all along. Right. He
1: wasn't. The, the Matt Ryan became this like savior for them when he wanted out. When Atlanta was connected to Deshaun Watson, like they stumbled into this plan. And this looks exactly like that. This looks like they did nothing serious at the most important position. In the game and now they're like well you know it's it's really you know i don't know if you guys know andrew luck retired right before the season started three years ago and so like it's been really hard on us wake up i mean come on <laughs> grow up colts Jeez.
2: on the other side and you mentioned it first place in the the afc south but kudos to the tennessee titans because they were zero two mm-hmm. and sometimes zero two turns into a broken year and you don't ever end up c- crawling out of that hole and they have the Commanders next where Carson Wentz went. And they are potentially going to go from 0-2 to 3-2 and 2, entering their early bye week. And don't forget, this is a team that was the first team in the AFC entering the playoffs last year. And for them to put it together and figure it out, I think not having A.J. Brown
1: was going to take some getting used to. And I think they're finally finding right. themselves again. Um, let's move on. Saturday Night Football, your Kansas City mm-hmm. Chiefs. Are back. I can't I can't believe like I don't know what the odds dip to yeah. on things after the Colts lost, but I hope you got them then because my goodness. And I don't know how much was the like we're in Tampa, the Super Bowl, same uniforms, blah blah right. blah, whatever. The Chiefs looked incredible. Uh, I know the Eagles were undefeated, but on Sunday night, the Chiefs looked like the best team in the NFL. Mahomes did another Mahomes thing. I saw your tweet was uh was it lol? What the hell? <laughs> um, like it was it was stupid. Uh Mahomes was outstanding. Um, only I said that sarcastically 249 yards had the three touchdowns the one interception Clyde the glide Isaac Pacheco like there's a lot of good things happening here you mentioned Kelsey he got started off strong there was the fortunate fumble at the beginning of the game and then the route was on really I mean just an a huge impressive dismantling of what people thought was the best defense in the NFL by the last week was was a disaster and it really
2: made you question of are the Chiefs for real this year? Could they even be a Super Bowl contender? Because they looked horrible. And the thing that I I kept selling at Arrowhead Pride and in Kansas City, and this was trying to look at the bright side. I was like, look, of the three phases of football, if there was one part of the Chiefs that you want cooking, it's the defense, because the defense is always going to be the question for this team when they have Patrick Mahomes. Eventually, I hate to say it, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to figure it out. They're that good, right? So. If the defense is playing well for four straight games or as of last week, three straight games and they look good and you feel confident that maybe this is a top 10 defense, you're going to be a Super Bowl contender because eventually Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to figure it out. The Bucs came in. They're only allowing nine points per game. Again, it's just three weeks, but the Kansas City Chiefs made them look silly. Patrick Mahomes had another Mahomes moment. I'm, I don't know how many times that we have to go through this. And, and again, I, I know you're going to roll your eyes. Some people are going to roll their eyes. But
1: I Hey, I'm on the cheat What do you mean? I I'm gonna roll my eyes. I've okay. been telling Sometimes people you, about him.
2: You would in the past. Put me in the kingdom. Right, You're your honorary kingdom member for now. But Thank you. We we've gone through this so many times where maybe Patrick Mahomes has like a few weeks where he doesn't play particularly well. This guy is a is a human being, right? It, it'll happen. So you have two mm-hmm. of these, these weeks that, that I went back to back. And then with the Indianapolis Colts, not the greatest team in the world, you end up losing that game. Suddenly all those Mahomes doubters come out of the woodwork led by Skip Bayless and his and his stupid takes on whatever show he's on. And you forget, okay, again, this is one of the best quarterbacks we have ever seen in NFL history. And you had not only the moment of the touchdown, because I know that play's been going around, but there was a, a moment where he was almost stacked by uh, Davis and still able to Shimmy shake away from the pressure and float another one to Juju Smith Schuster. It's just, I don't know. It, it, he's he's I, I I look. This is this is pertinent because Tom Brady is the greatest player to ever play the game. Eye test wise, because I can't fast forward time 15 years from now to see if he'll have Super Bowl championships. Patrick Mahomes has eye test wise is the, is the greatest football player I've ever seen, and it's a pleasure to cover him. And I think this was another chapter of the Mahomes magic highlight reel that I'll, I'll have in Canton one day.
1: I think the um the losses, the Super Bowl loss, the AFC Championship loss. I I I maintained that not enough is made about the way the Chiefs blew the title game last year. Like that was that was legitimate, like twenty-eight to three territory. But again, it it just kind of gets swept under the rug. I think that that like I don't want to say humanize Mahomes, but at least for me. Um, like I hated all the like he's never lost in September, like all the like glitzy, you know, silly ways to like elevate him. He's amazing. Like, we don't have to make <laughs> up reasons why he's amazing. So, like, you know, like th- there's a necessary hey. sort of realism that's been injected into him. He's no, uh, and now he's, no he's on the way. Up. I
2: can't rush did go undefeated. That's in true. That's very you know? true. Um,
1: on the other side of this this game, just quickly, I don't know what to think of the Bucks. Cause they kind of like, you know, it, it got so out of hand so quickly that it's so difficult to kind of, you know properly gauge them right. off of this game, but they did kind of make it a game a little bit in, you know, in Kansas city is like in a little bit more like prevent back off mode. So again, it's hard to totally evaluate that. Um, th- there's some, like Rodgers tension like oh man this team needs to figure this out type thing but the Bucks are like if there's one team who's like what does Brady want Brady Brady prefers Pepsi products over Coke products okay or like get the Coke products out of the building you know what I mean like they will move heaven and earth for him and I think that makes them a better organization because right you should like acquiesce to what your quarterback wants um, so I don't know what I think their their prospects are going to be. I think they're going to be contenders. I think like I don't the same way we didn't like harp on the Chiefs loss of the Colts. I think don't, don't make a big deal about the Bucks losing to one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, I think they'll be back. I think they'll win the NFC South. That's the thing. Like their division is so bad. I mean, I they'll mean, they're, they'll be fine. You're
2: right about this not being a game where you can judge on the Tampa side because it was 21-3 before you could blink. And so the Bucks essentially stopped running the football. The Chiefs allowed only three rushing yards, which uh, tied a single game franchise record the last time they had done that was against a san diego franchise on november 19th 1961 so a few years before we were born
1: you're older than me so it's definitely it was closer All to right, your make birth make sure you remind of me that a um, the la chargers survived against the houston texans this game was 21 nothing um uh, early on wound up 34, 24 Damian Pierce. Uh, I wouldn't say arrived because he'd already kind of arrived for the Texans. Austin Eckler. Hello. Welcome back to the end zone. Three total touchdowns, uh, for Mr. Eckler, Justin Herbert looked Herber. healthy. Uh, thankfully 27 of 39, 340 yards, two touchdowns. Mike Williams had 120 yards. Uh, Gerald Everett caught one of uh, the two touchdowns. The other one to Eckler. He again, had two on the ground. Um, Damian Pierce, again, a buck 31 in the, in the rushing touchdown. Um, I mean, just a really okay game, but I honestly leave this game, Pete, with more questions about the Chargers. Okay, you you won thirty-four to twenty-four, but you almost kind of blew this, like at the end. And I'm I'm not putting that on anybody except Brandon Staley. Like, you can't eke out this win against you can't win this game by ten points when this team housed you a year ago, and we're having all these questions about whether you can close or not. Like, I'm still not back on the chart. I was never in. Again, honorary kingdom member right here. But two and two for the Chargers feels I disappointing. I want you to
2: remember that you're saying this in two weeks' time. But
1: Look, I have, like, check the tapes. Like, I've been all in on the idea that the, that the Chargers love is misplaced, uh, that we're undervaluing and underrating the Chiefs.
2: I, I think the Chargers are this team, and they've developed this identity, and it's not a good one, where you can come back against the Chargers. You, they're, they're not necessarily a team that you can't rally back and, and make it a game late. And I just think, for Houston to rally back and scare them. You know, at a certain point, the LA needs to turn inward and say, look, we got to play four quarters of football, right? We right. have to play four quarters. That's what I'm saying. Sh- all I'm saying. They right, should have well stomped the the Texans. I know it ended up being 34-24, but it was a lot closer because of the Texans third and fourth quarter rally. And Justin Herbert, when he is healthy, is among the best. And kudos to to Herbert for um, getting it done, you know, when when it counted. At the end of the day, they won the game, which is matters the most. But I think you're right. For them to feel like we're going to take this next step into a team capable of winning a Super Bowl man step on a team's throat we, we haven't seen that consistently from them
1: no and when you play like they not only th- the way we talk about it, like go blast the team right like, you're supposed to be better yeah. than them, go destroy them we haven't we not only haven't seen that from them we also haven't seen them hang with the tough teams right like hey you want to be you want to be taken seriously beat the chiefs you know what i mean like yeah you did it last year whatever but not mm-hmm. on prime time not not when the whole world's watching like i just you know i want to see more they have enough talent that it's fair to expect more khalil Mack, by the way has five sacks yeah four games like it's abs- well, it's absurd that they got. We're always like- looking
2: at next stretches, and so you, you look at the Chargers' next stretch. It goes Cleveland, Denver, and then Seattle. Those should be three wins if you're a Super Bowl contender, right? The Denver Broncos look like they're a joke. Cleveland and Seattle do not have the quarterback that you do. Go three and zero, and then suddenly you're five and two going into your bye week, and are really a threat to the throne, the Chiefs in the AFC West.
1: Um very quickly on this game and we do have to hurry it up here, the New York Giants outlined, this was like the worst the the winner became the worst three on one team of all time. The Giants uh won twenty I don't to twelve. Know why, why you're uh, so they,
2: jealous of these the the powerhouse that is the New York football giants, baby.
1: Oh, you know what? We were down on 3rd on Street, and we was there, and we were watching the G-Men, and they hey, took it to those Chicago Saquon Bears. I remember when Mike Dicker Bing was the best coach. Bill Parcells took it to Mike I Dicker. Call him, Phil Sims, him, baby. I call him Bada Bing Buckley. He's
2: playing so well to three 3-1. <sighs>
1: 31 <laughs> carries for Saquon Barkley, 146 yards, um, looks like a be- the best quarterback on the team as well. Daniel Jones left the game with injury, had to come back because Gerard Taylor uh, was injured. It's so, um, the it's Giants so nice to see
2: quit Saquon look, back though, because sometimes running backs have oh, agreed. these injuries and they're just like never, ever, ever, ever the same again. And Saquon was so good. And he had that year where it's like, man, this guy's not right. I don't know if he'll ever be right again. And he is fully 1 million percent back. And you can see what he can do. He, he basically is like it's not Daniel Jones. They're running at everything through Saquon, and that's the reason they're three and one. If you have to pick one reason, it's Saquon Barkley.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I think that's really awful. If you're like, it's uh, it can be awful because if you're a Giant fan, your deepest fear has to be that they're going to pay him right. Like that's you're like terrified that like you know you're you're kind of you're starting a new right. I don't that know you can how they see don't. the beginnings of something different. You know? I know. I know that's what I saying. <laughs> like that's a, so. an awkward place to be. Um, the Bears are so bad. The Bears stink. I mean, like like. P-U. They stink. Yicky. Um, Yicky. Ew. They are gross. Ew. Let's just leave it there. Uh, uh, they are 2-2 two two now. Uh, so Justin Fields stink. Yes or no? Just said yes or no. Um, it's okay. hard to say he yeah, does Um, I'll say that. Um, there is only one undefeated team left in the NFLP, and it is the Philadelphia Eagles. They are 4-0 thanks to their 29-21 to victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, it was 14-0. Jacksonville. Early on, uh, Jalen Hurts threw a pick six, uh, but then the Eagles stormed back, had 29 unanswered points. Jalen Hurts, uh, again, looks incredible. This was the Miles Sanders game. 27 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence fumbled five times and lost four of them. Uh, I I don't know if you saw this. Just quickly, I don't know if you saw this. Frank Reich said after the Jaguars beat uh, the Chargers last week, Frank Reich had a quote to Albert Breer where he said, you know, I don't think enough people are like recognize how good the Jaguars are. He was saying this to defend getting blown out by them 24 to nothing. So I don't know how Frank Reich feels about the fact that they lost. I I don't, I'm not thrilled with what Frank
2: Reich is doing necessarily in Indianapolis, but I, I sort of still agree. The Eagles won 29 to 21, but you mentioned it. There were five fumbles, four of them they lost, right? So let's just take half of those away. Well, that's a problem.
1: That's not like a weird fluky it, well, thing.
2: It, well, I mean, if you really watch the the highlights of this game, it was pouring. Not to say that it wasn't pouring for both teams, and
1: there were some um some rem like some extracurriculars or some on I'm not like a weather expert, but um there was some impact from um the hurricane Hurricane Ian obviously impacting this game and the Baltimore game. Yeah, as no, well. and 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 I I think had it not, I, w- I would love to
2: see if what this game would have looked like if it was a perfectly sunny day. I, I'm hate I hate to give Jacksonville that cop out, but if, there was obviously a very clear problem with the wet football. Like maybe Doug Peterson made a mistake by not having wet footballs in practice or something this week because they were not ready mm. for for that aspect and I I wonder what the score would have been in a in a sunnier game. But kudos to the Eagles, are the only undefeated team in the league and the most impressive thing about them is not only are they doing it on offense and Jalen Hurts Again, it wasn't the greatest game necessarily for him, but I, I think he is able to take advantage of what he does well. And he got it done on the ground when it wasn't really necessarily working for him through the air. But the biggest thing for the Eagles, and this is why they're the clear Super Bowl contender of the NFL, right? Like t- you talk about years where you said it's the Eagles, the Chiefs and the Bills. I'd even put the Chiefs and Bills a, a touch under the Eagles because, A, they've won every game. And B, a lot of it is based upon their defense. And if you can defend in today's mm-hmm. NFL against these high-powered offenses, which the Jaguars have right. rightfully looked like through a couple of weeks of the season, then you're going to go far. And I, I think they're, they're so clearly going to win their division. We'll see if the Cowboys and Giants maybe could squeak into card position. But they're so clearly going to win their division and maybe be the top uh, seed in the NFC. And And if they're that, it, it's hard to see a scenario where they're playing at home where they don't get to a Super Bowl. I, I don't know if it's even too early to say that, which is, which is wild. So uh, kudos to
1: the Eagles for going 4-0. and uh, Again, would have loved to have seen this when the conditions were a little bit nicer. If you are an elite offense and you can force five fumbles in a game, it's a pretty good recipe for victory. Um, so, um, Eagles have the Cardinals next week. Sneaky, good game. We'll get to the Cardinals in just a bit. But before we do, a different bird uh, of a different feather. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Cleveland Browns 23 to 20. I know we don't like to talk about the Browns. So I don't think we're bummed that they lost. Um, good win for the Falcons. They're two and two. Arthur Smith might be saving his job. This was, you know, hey, you were kind of clutch. You know, <laughs> like you had, you had a clutch win. The Falcons did.
4: Yeah.
2: I don't know. I, th- this this was. I I don't have a ton to say. <laughs> I mean, I I'm. Yeah, I'm. I am yeah i mean, i do not The Falcons <laughs> have found themselves. I guess it's it's surprising and and for, for to be two and two. It it's just. I mean, I I did not think they would be two and two by this point. So kudos to them for the dub.
1: Uh, I mentioned it. The Arizona Cardinals um, defeated the Carolina Panthers twenty six to sixteen. Good for the Cardinals. I mean, this this was way too close for way mm-hmm. too long. Um, I don't know why. Like, I mean, because this this know. game was this game why was ten is, up entering why the fourth is quarter.
2: Murray, that lawnmower that takes seventeen pulls before he gets going in games. So right. If he could just play sometimes as he's playing in the latter stretches of games from the beginning on, they, they'd be blowing out teams. It should it should have never really but, been a game.
1: I think we both think that like Kyler Murray's peak or, or ceiling is capable of competing with an elite offensive yeah. the Eagles, right? Like next week's game, but not if you take three quarters to get going. You know what I mean? By that point, you you can only come back and, or not come back, but you can only survive and win against a lowly team like the Panthers. Shil Kapadia tweeted this out on Monday morning, Pete. Yesterday's offensive performance based on EPA per drive by the Panthers was the worst of any team this season. There have been 126 games played to this point. Um, like, or like across all offenses. The first 10 drives for the Panthers, four punts, three turnovers, two failures on fourth down, and one field goal. The Panthers' offense ranks 31st in EPA per drive and 30th in offensive success rate. Um, Baker Mayfield. This is some some like not great vibes. Like I, 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 the the way the Browns handled Baker Mayfield was really poor. We like the, the, all these things can be true. And and the line about wanting an adult in the room aged very poorly for the Browns for other reasons. But you can see how a, an NFL franchise would not feel like Baker Mayfield is enough for their team you know like he, he is not in this line well, about like oh do we go and score after they were booing us like dude what are you doing like that's such a bad thing the biggest him. story coming out of this game especially with these two franchises
2: in particular <clears throat> is the hot seat power rankings update right where <clears throat> i think it's a, it's it's helpful to it's a helpful reminder to 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 know that like the arizona ownership doubled down on kyler murray and cliff kingsbury by paying them this would have to be and this Steve would have to be an absolute Absolute disaster for them to move on. Right. What I'm telling you is if you know they could go, what would be seven and ten miss the playoffs? And I bet you they're still here for one more year at least because they've doubled down going into this season. It's really tough for ownership to just give up on their investment immediately that soon. Money is still money, even though even though you're you're a billionaire. But then you look at the other side of this, Baker Mayfield seems like the wrong choice. He doesn't seem like he's a starter in the NFL. You have Matt Rule, who was already on the hot seat. We had talked about Reich. Reich will get the chance to finish this season and see it through. I, I'm, I'm very sure of that. But when it came to in-season potential moves, when it came to coaches, maybe we had Mike McCarthy, who has proven that he's That's right. going to last at least through the season. It seems Brandon Staley.
1: People said that the Cowboys should have hired Matt Rule over him. By the way,
2: Brandon it's Staley, who is like barely doing enough, but doing enough. Like Matt Rule has become mm-hmm. the guy who was going to be let go. Before the season ends, and I'm almost 100 percent sure of it at this point.
1: Um, I said on Monday nights. This was after last week's show. Um, Dan Quinn is going to make an excellent head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers next year. Um, speaking of the AFC West, let's wrap up with this one. The Las Vegas Raiders got their first win of the year. They are now one in three, thanks to their 32 to 23 victory. Nice palindrome uh, over the Broncos country. Let's ride. Country and let's uh, slide slide down the standings. Nice. Um, down Josh McDaniels gets his first win as a head coach since his experience as the Denver Broncos head coach which ended abruptly throughout the 2010 season. Um Josh Jacobs kind of back, right? Like we all thought that that the Raiders hated him. Um you know, had to fly him separately to last week's game. 28 carries, <laughs> a buck 44, two touchdowns on did he the Fly ground. Commercial?
2: Um this, was it did he, did he get a peak? I don't know.
1: I I really don't know, but um Devontae Adams led the way, 13 targets. Nobody else had more than uh, six, uh, nine catches, 101 yards. Um, That was good enough for this Raiders team. The Denver offense woke up a little bit relative to what everybody saw last Sunday night, but was still very bad. Russell Wilson had three total touchdowns. One of them was on the ground. Um, it looks like they have lost Javante Williams. I don't want to speak too soon, but maybe for the entire season, certainly for at least some stretch of time. Melvin Gordon does not look adequate um, as a replacement, keeps fumbling the ball. This this is, to me, the story. This is, this is two ships passing in the night. I don't believe in the Raiders. I thought they could be a playoff team. I, I don't think that anymore, but I do think that they'll be, you know, I don't call them fun, but they'll be in the mix, right? Like, they'll win eight, nine games and, and maybe finish right outside the playoff mix. But they're going to – I do believe the Raiders will finish more successfully with more wins than the Broncos. The Broncos are heading in the wrong well, direction. They had the weird 2-1 record. Like, this Broncos team, talk about stinks. They stink I had out loud.
2: a, a kind of nice conversation with Tim Lynch on the AFC West mixtape, which we do once a month now, and it was last week. And he was really worried about this game because it was a Raiders team that had to be desperate. You can't go 0-4 and expect to do anything in the NFL. And the Denver team had not looked great in its wins. And really, I think if there's any two and two team that's out there right now that the record really doesn't fit what they've looked like, it's the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos could just as easily be one and three or zero or oh and four. Uh, and and that's why, you know, you end up playing a full season and, and the standings will be as they go. But this Raiders team is desperate and they should be. They need to be. They need to get back to three and three. And it goes back and, and brings our whole podcast full circle. Thank you, Raiders. But this is why the Chiefs, as much as people are going to be looking forward to that Bills game the following week, cannot overlook the Las Vegas Raiders on on Monday Night Football. It's still a division game and a team that needs to win every week now because of their 0-3 start. It wasn't the prettiest win,
1: but you're right, Josh Jacobs did it, and it was a win they needed, and they got it. Speaking of Monday Night Football, two weeks from now, the Broncos will be on Monday night for an AFC West matchup. They'll be facing the Los Angeles Chargers, so we got a lot of, like, you know, AFC West Monday night action happening soon. But before that, this coming week, the Broncos have a very quick turnaround, Pete, because on Thursday night football, they will be hosting the Indianapolis Colts. You got the baby horse versus the actual horse uh, in a battle of who is the bigger fraud. I think the Colts will win uh, that matchup, which means the Broncos will probably win the game. Uh, But man alive, I cannot wait to um, to tweet some disparaging things on Thursday night during this game. This game's projected um, to
2: be gross because like it looks like it's, it's two quarterbacks that just don't have it anymore. And potentially the stud running backs who everyone enjoys watching are in line, probably not to play. So it's just one of these, Ugly Thursday night. I
1: guarantee you, we'll get we'll get some sort of like Amazon Prime boost of a stat to like sell the game. That's like this is the the most wins um like combined by the quarterbacks in Thursday night football history. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like it's it's gonna be if you could if you could
2: if you could slap me into five years ago and give me Matt Ryan and Russ Wilson, baby, on a Thursday night. I'd be pretty excited. This is not. This is now 2017.
1: Um, What do you think the over-under is for Thursday Night Football between the Broncos and Colts, uh, according to our friends at DraftKings? Ten and a half. It's at 43 and a half, okay. which is pretty low. Uh, but something lower than that is tonight's game. Monday night football between the Rams and Niners is actually set at 42 Whoa. and a half. Uh, who wins tonight, Pete? Rams or Niners? This was the game as far as our SB Nation expert picks. So we were all the most split on. Uh, every other game had kind of a general consensus, but this game's kind of
2: 50-50. I just think the NFC West is still that division, especially with the Seahawks that are somehow winning games at this point. You just never know what's going to happen. So I'll I'll say that like I would think the Rams would win this
1: game, which means the 49ers are definitely going to win some weird way. I'm taking the Rams. Um I don't, you know, bad bad times in San Francisco. So uh it is the game in San Francisco or Santa Clara, whatever. But Clara. Uh, our friends at Niners Nation Santa in Santa Clara will keep yeah. you covered. Of course uh, let's welcome in Rachelle Prevett, who is wonderful and elegant and perfect in every single way, doesn't ever make a mistake, doesn't ever hurt anybody, just lives her life and impacts people only in a positive way. She uh, really Rachelle, much... first She's of all, a...
3: how,
1: how yeah. are you doing? <laughs> Second of all, what was your big takeaway from Sunday? And third of all, who was the MVP of today's show?
3: Yes, uh, takeaways. I also had a similar take to uh, RJ. Oh. Um,
2: Don't even start. See-
3: I going to going into the season looking at the Raiders, I thought that they were going to be more in the mix that they have been. So I mean, for mm-hmm. them picking up their first win, the time is now to like turn things around. If they're, but I still think there's a chance. So that take was kind of similar. I thought it was nice to see um Derrick Henry um having a pretty encouraging performance.
1: I gave him the shout out. That's me.
3: Justin Jefferson also had a also nice me. game after he was playing. Yes. Kind of quiet. And I low-key disagreed with Pete's take. On the weather, when it came to the Jaguars, only because I feel like Hassan Reddick talked about this in the post game presser, and he was like, you know, you can't say that because Jalen Hurts didn't have any like fumbles. So I do have to disagree with that. I think that even if the weather was perfect and the sun was shining bright, I think that we would have the same outcome. Who's got better America.
2: hair though, Jalen Hurts or Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> That's what really trevor
3: lawrence's hair is there the golden locks we love it but yeah, sunshine. I don't, the sunshine same effect we would have said, had the same outcome
1: the only sunshine on sunday was trevor lawrence's hair
3: it was i agree <laughs>
1: um so you just noted how pete said something completely incorrect and how i said a lot of things that you agreed with so rachel who is today's mf double mvp
3: our <laughs> day <laughs>
1: That's three in a row, a hat trick for RJ Ochoa. Rachelle Prevet, you are the best. Pete, you are the worst. I wanna thank my dog, Bear, for being quiet in this episode. I wanna thank Jay Spence, the king. Um, I'm actually gonna break this award into three pieces, and Rachelle, I'm gonna give one to Jay Spence, but importantly, I'm gonna give one to you. The three of us, uh, we did it together you were left out there gets
2: to the come up of the week for not barking I, I forgot to give that today and so that's a, a good reminder uh to to give some congr- <laughs> he, didn't,
1: he didn't even give up the come up and, and he, this guy well, thinks he's I'm always oh, you know, a, should be winning after, awards after
2: uh Sunday night football I mean you know Chiefs play a lot of night games I don't know if you know this but I I'm a little zoinked so I, I forgot to even give out my award which I remembered at the last second so if there's one thing I can hang my hat on it's that the come up of the week streak uh, is alive and and kudos to to bear for for taking it home I hope he has a nice day celebrating
1: when Gerald McCoy signed with the Cowboys, which was short-lived, he mentioned he had only ever played one game on primetime. And you look at the Bucs like as of late, like they're just you mentioned the Chiefs, people, like Bucks are on primetime all the time. now. Gerald McCoy missed out. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Follow Rachelle on Twitter, Rachelle Monique. Pete is on Twitter at PG Sween. I am on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Pete, send us home um, with a rap. You you said you knew what the 3-1-3 was. Give us a rap.
2: Okay, <laughs> 49ers <laughs> going boom, to church, boom, listen boom, to boom, that boom, boom, homily. Boom, boom, what are they going to do when the Rams boom, boom, come with that ramily Monday
1: night football tonight? Boom, 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 boom. None of those words rhymed. Thanks for listening, what, everybody. What rhymes What's with orange? Any, does
2: anything <laughs> rhyme with orange?